I really believe and I'm really committed to helping simply this. Healthy pastors, healthy leaders, lead healthy churches, and healthy churches advance the work of the kingdom. We're all broken. We'll always be broken until eternity comes. Uh, but how, how do we live in a healthy way that can lead healthy churches? Hey, welcome to another episode of Relate, Refresh, and Restore, a podcast committed to bringing stories of hope and insight to those on the front lines of Christian ministry. Our desire is for all of us to see, sense, and experience God's voice through their stories. And through these stories, we may see His hand and hear His voice in our lives. The Relate, Refresh, and Restore podcast is brought to you by Romans 12 Ministries, where we are wildly committed to transforming the church, one pastor, missionary, and ministry leader at a time. All right, here's my question. Who is your 2 a.m. friend? Yeah, who is your 2 a.m. friend? The person that you would call at 2 o'clock in the morning if you're in crisis. That was asked to a group of us in a meeting I attended a few weeks ago. And I began to think about those outside my family who I would call. How many of us really have those deep, intimate relationships where we drop the mask and truly be real? I mean, the good, the bad, and the ugly. A recent poll by Gallup tells us a sad story for ministry leaders, that most pastors don't have those deep relationships and friendships. No wonder so many are experiencing loneliness and burnout. And you know, the thing is, it's not just ministry leaders, it is our society as a whole. It has been reported that over 60% of people living in the United States suffer from loneliness, which obviously takes a toll on mental health. You know, our guest today, Pastor Glenn Elliott, shares the need for all of us to attach ourselves to covenant groups. Glenn defines what a covenant group is, how that is different than a small group, the specific steps that define a covenant group, and his own experience of being part of a group that binds people together to help face the challenges and loneliness, burnout, and the feeling of being isolated. Glenn is an Arizona native and is married to Jolene, and they have two grown children. Well, Glenn Elliott, it has been about a year and a half since we talked last on this podcast. It has been. (laughs) And we were talking about transitions. Yes. And you know what? You have transitioned. It has happened. How'd that go? It was awesome, actually. Uh, Yeah, transitioned uh, officially, uh, really was May May of of last year, and... uh, uh, my successor is here. He's doing great, Trevor DeVage at Pantano Christian Church. And uh, I still get to uh, attend and be a part of the church. I'm going to preach again soon. And uh, it's been wonderful. I, I've seen Trevor lead the church well. And uh, there's been good, healthy growth. And it's, I'm just, I can't tell you how thrilled I am to uh, to have passed the baton to really pre-plan that and to walk through a almost a system to get you know that transition that baton yeah. uh, passing. So congratulations! Thank you. And then uh, then I'm just finishing um, a seven month sabbatical. My unfortunately my first sabbatical in 45 years of ministry, but it was a wonderful time to just relax and take a break and reflect and prepare for what's next. So Mm -hmm. it's been a great season. Well, and it's going to be a new season for you. Glenn is is coming on board with Romans 12 and helping us with a a number of things, but one of them is what we're going to talk about today, and that is this idea of covenant groups. Mm -hmm. So I want to start with just really the kind of the issues that pastors are dealing with today. And we talked a little bit before that they've been dealing with this for a long time. 
I think COVID-19 has exacerbated it a little bit, but from your experience, what are some of the issues that pastors are dealing with right now? You know, I know this from experience. I know this from talking with pastors, and it's confirmed by research by places like Barna and Lifeway. Uh, pastors are under incredible amount of stress. The pressure is just unrelenting in so many ways, and there's just no way to, unfortunately, to uh, to avoid it. And then because of all of the stress and the challenges, we find that many, many pastors at least at times experience significant amounts of discouragement. And then finally, I think this is true particularly of, of our whole culture. It's also uh, true of uh, particularly of men. But it's even more so with pastors, is that uh, pastors are isolated and they're lonely. And you put those three together, it makes for uh, just a very, very difficult way of living. And uh, we're seeing more and more pastors drop out, burn out. You know, when you're in those experiences, you tend to find ways to cope, and some of those coping ways are not healthy, they're sinful, and uh, we're, we're losing pastors like crazy, not just in Tucson, across the country. But. Right, right. So I think that's our heart at Romans 12 when we started this a little over three years ago, is that we saw this on the horizon, this obviously before COVID, and just being in ministry and just knowing how challenging it is and how lonely it can be. Yep. So we've tried to do some different branches, you know, between just meeting with people, our getaways our marriage retreats, our silence and solitude retreats, our luncheons, those are all really good things. But we have felt really this past year that we're just falling short. There's something that's missing. And then you pop up with your heart that really matches our heart to go a little bit deeper. And so these idea of covenant groups, I think, is truly maybe a tipping point for revival. And so can you give us a picture when I say covenant group, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me tell you how I got to that place. You know, when I was in this beginning to move into transition and then actually in my sabbatical, I used that time for some reflection, which is really, you know, trying to think through what have I gone through and what do I want to look at next? And um, one of the things I'm really clear uh, was I had done a lot of things well in my previous 45 years including taking care of myself. I, 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 I maintained yearly sabbaticals. Usually I would take at least a, almost a month off uh, every, every year because I needed that time, that break, uh, vacations. I, I had my, my weekly day, time off, my time with the Lord every day. I stayed physically healthy, emotionally healthy. But as I reflected on all that time, what I realized was one of the things I had not done well was have really good friendships. Now, that's a funny statement, and some of the folks who, who are a part of the, the church that I was a part of would be surprised because I have great relationships with my staff, with our board. I would consider them friendships. They would as well. Board or your staff or, or pe- members of my small group, you know, for example, uh, because there are still, there, there's a difference there. There's a, there are power issues there that you can't ignore. And and what I realized was is that I didn't make time to have those really open, vulnerable, f- safe, deep relationships with other guys. Mm-hmm. And so that was part of my commitment through this season of transition was to say, I, I need to invest 
and some some guys that are going to be truly my, you know friends peers in the sense of a similar kind of background and you know work history and as pastors and so uh, so I did some research and and a good friend of mine who's a pastor who's recently also transitioned has been doing what we call covenant groups and in the covenant group retreat that we had I was just it was unbelievable how deep and how fast those guys went going deep and and what I realized was that that this it was actually what I would say. It's the best way that I know of for relational soul care. Mm-hmm. Soul care doesn't just happen with just me and God. That that's a critical part of it, but it happens relationally. And uh, and so I came back a, a spring of a year ago and and uh, started a covenant group. We've uh, we've been meeting for a year. Done two retreats together. It's been unbelievably life-giving. I love these guys that I'm with. Uh, uh, while I'm facilitating it, I'm a, I'm a peer. I'm a part of the group. I participate in, in equal ways. It's been, it's been so good. And I'm constantly in, in, involved now with these guys and their lives. It's, it's been amazing. So you, you mentioned, though, while, while you're in the trenches in you know, this growing church, that you just didn't take the time for those deeper relationships. Yeah. Now... I guess my question is, why? Yeah. Well, life's busy. First of all, we all have families, and we all have other responsibilities. Plus, ministry is nonstop. You're never done in ministry. There's always more to do. And the reality is that I just didn't make the time. And what I realized is, and this is the crux of the matter, is that deep relationships take time. And you have to say no to something else to say yes to to, to that. And so I have to be scheduled. And I don't mean a rigid schedule, but I mean, you got to make time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I hadn't done that well in most of my ministry life, unfortunately. But you mentioned to me that you never really experienced burnout. No. So you were able to take care of yourselves on many different levels, mm-hmm. where a lot of pastors don't and leaders don't. But when it came to the, the deep drop the mass relational, um, that was lacking. Yep. And how do you think that would have influenced you if you would have had that 20 years ago? Boy, it's hard to imagine. You know, you, you certainly, I certainly think I could have avoided a number of times. You know, there were a number of times where, where I didn't face burnout, but I faced incredible discouragement, self-doubt. And what if I'd had a place where I could have processed some of those things, you know? Um, and, and like when I faced a, seri- a season of incredibly serious self-doubt where I thought about where I, church I was leading, and, and that was the evil one selling me lies. What if I'd had a group that could have just spotted those lies for me, you know, and helped me, and it could have saved me a lot of pain and maybe a few bad decisions too? With grace and compassion and yep. understanding. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not judgment. Yeah. Yeah, we need that. So let's go into depth a little bit about a covenant group mm-hmm. because it, it sounds all good, but I loved it. I love your core belief. Mm. So share that with us. Yeah. So part of this season of reflection, uh, you know, at the sabbatical, I realized that the thing I really, I really believe, and I'm really committed to helping is is simply this: is that that healthy pastors, healthy leaders, lead healthy churches, and healthy churches advance the work of the kingdom. Mm. An unhealthy church can't really effectively advance 
the the messship isn't healthy, and in particularly the, the you know the pastors in that way. And so that that's that's the thing I want to focus on in this season of my life is helping pastors be as healthy as possible. We're all broken. We'll always be broken until eternity comes. Uh, but how, how do we live in a healthy way that can lead healthy churches? Hey, friends of Romans 12, thank you so much. I am hoping and praying that you're enjoying this episode with Glenn Elliott and Covenant Groups. This podcast is a resource for pastors and their families, but not only pastors and their families, but it's really for anybody that needs to hear a story of hope. And I want to take a moment to ask you to hit the subscribe button. When you do this, when you click subscribe, you're helping people find us so that we can continue to bring stories of hope to you. Your financial support helps us serve the servants whose stories we share here. You know, their work is so necessary in our broken world. And I'd like you to prayerfully consider actually supporting us financially at Romans12Ministries.org. That's Romans with the number 12Ministries.org. Or give us a call. We'd love to pray for you. It's 520-982-5877. Now let's get back to Glenn Elliott. You know what I love? I was re- reading recently about the church history and the Great Awakening. Mm. You know what? The revival that happened in America started with pastors. Mm. Yep. Transformed pastors that were healthy, that the Holy Spirit, and I just really do feel, and I've shared this with you before, we need, yeah. and there's there, there's almost a tipping point of a revival, I sense, yeah. in the people I talk to. I just sense it. So yeah. the covenant groups, I think, is a step in that direction. Yeah. And I just am so excited about it. So tell me the, the specifics of a covenant group. Yeah. So again, the, the focus of this is is uh, some guys, or it could be gals as well. It's not, you know, but uh, guys that, you know, in terms of, you know, same gender is really an important piece in that. And uh, and they commit to each other for, uh, for really for relational soul care. We use a very simple model. We call it the 4321 model. Uh, this comes from my friend who leads a group called Covenant Connections. He's practiced it, it works. I've used it, it works. And the, and the, and the 432 model is this four is that there's four people in a small group plus the facilitator. The facilitator is trained to help guide the group, but they're actually an, an equal participant as well. The three is they commit for three years. They can certainly go longer. We encourage that, but we want them to at least commit for three years. Say so no, that this isn't just a you know a, a, a short thing. That there's real relationship. Is that you do two retreats uh, every year? Uh, the model that works well for us is Monday noon through Wednesday noon. You get away. It can be in our case, it could be Mount Lemon. It could be a retreat center, but that time is so incredibly powerful. And then in between, you meet once a month, preferably in person, uh, in you know over lunch or whatever or dinner, uh, just to stay connected. And we've got some some simple tools and questions to guide that as well. And uh, and, and 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 then we've got some resources that help uh, guide those conversation discussions. But essentially, it's just doing life together. Uh, you know, in a place that's safe where you're willing to be vulnerable. And and the key ingredient is then all of the participants are there not for self-promotion or self-protection. It's not about fixing each other. You know, we're not there to... And it's not about pure accountability, like I'm going to hold you accountable. That just comes naturally in the relationship. It's about really being honest and real with each other and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in the midst of the incredible place that's safe. Mm. 
You know, I'm, I can hear our listeners right now, especially if they're ministry leaders or pastors, <laughs> going, oh, that sounds so good, but I'm just so busy. If, if they only knew what my life was like and the meetings I go to and the, the stress I'm under, I, there's no way I have time for this. Yeah. What would you say to them? I'd say, honestly, if you, if you could look back objectively, you have to have time for this. You know, every decision requires some time now, too. And, and our own health and, and, and our, the well-being of our soul has got to be invested in to some extent. And this cost is, the, the time cost is not astronomical. Um, I'll tell you what, what my covenant group guys say about this. Every time we go, we've t- had two retreats now, and every time we've gotten up there, they go, I, I didn't think I had time for this, but now that I'm here, I am so glad I'm here. I, I am so glad we scheduled this. I am so grateful for what this does for my soul. And, uh, and that's the reality. And so, you know, you, yeah, you might have to say no to something. But what you say yes to is so life-giving that it adds so much to everything else. That's, that's the beauty of this. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm thinking of somebody that says, okay, I might be interested in this, but I've had some really poor, bad experiences with small groups before. Hmm? And I think most of us have. Sure, sure. Personalities, conflicts, issues sure. come up, politics, whatever. And those have been really kind of a negative experience. Right. How can we safeguard... If I'm going to actually be asked to be vulnerable and drop the mask in this covenant group, how do we deal with that, some of that baggage? Yeah, I think uh, that's why we we train our facilitators, uh, that they know, uh, that they'll experience, and actually the training is that they actually get to experience a covenant retreat, that they understand that the climate, the temperature, the DNA that's built into this, and that they model it, and that they protect that that it is this place where you can be real without being judged. And so I, I think that's a key piece of this, and that, and that the, the simple little methods and tools that we have for this really help protect that. Also, as, as groups are formed, you know, you, don't, you can always say no. If, you know, uh, when I invited the guys that were part of my covenant group, you know, I let them know who else I was thinking of. I asked them to suggest other guys that they might want to do this with, so that there was some sense of awareness that, yeah, these are guys that I— I'd want to be around. It, it won't work if you go, nope, I don't want to even be close to that person. Well, obviously that's not going to work, but mm-hmm. but, but you have an opportunity to speak into that. And we have an, we'll have enough covenant groups going that, that a person could have a choice of several different groups to join. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm also a listener here that I'm not a pastor or a ministry leader, and this sounds really, really neat. In fact, it's something that I would be open to because, you know what, my life is a little lonely too. Mm-hmm. Even though I have 3,000 friends on Facebook, <laughs> I feel lonely. And uh, I just, yeah. And so do you think that is a possibility of covenant groups for lay people? Absolutely. The model is not tied to just uh, you know a, a particular profession, so to speak. It's different than a small group. I've been a part of a small group all of my time that I've been in ministry. Uh, I love those. Some of them were were short-term, some were long-term. One of my groups lasted 10 years, I think. 
this is different than that. It, it, it goes at a much deeper level. For example, very few uh, groups uh, will do retreats, you know, that, like, we, like we think is critical to this. Second thing is, is a small group, at least mo- many of the small groups I've been a part of have been mixed genders, which is great, husbands and wives and single people. But th- this needs to be gender-specific because of the level to go deeper. And so, you know, you might have a small group, but maybe the guys decide to also go deeper in a covenant model. And in the model that we have, which we're glad to share, it's open source, <laughs> um, could be used by, by any group at any time in any way. Well, I think it also helps when there's just four, right? Four yes. plus the facilitator. That is a small, intimate group yes. where you truly can do life. Yeah, you can't go more than that. So let me ask you with the retreat on that first night, mm-hmm. Give me an example yeah. of what might happen on that first yeah. night. First night, first retreat is each person gets to tell their story. Uh, we allow up to a half an hour to do that, um, and it, it and there's no no guiding. You know, I I always go first as a facilitator, and and in fact, the group will tell you that that for them was was a really critical part of our group because I went first and I I shared honestly and openly about my life, the good, the bad, the ugly, and uh, that's set the stage. Uh, for the rest, and th- that's where we start. And then, and then we use different tools. We, uh, we've got books that, where we just use a chapter. And what happens when we do that in those retreats is we don't go through every paragraph of the book, but those chapters just launch us into all kinds of conversations. And uh, and, and it's something that they read ahead of time, so it's not like you're right. spending time on the retreat to, right. to read. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the beauty of the retreat is not only those times where we're sitting around in a circle talking but then then there's the times where, where where we'll go for a walk or you know depending on your location there you know there might be ping pong table or play cards or games we had a we've had a blast playing games together cooking the meals together all that becomes a part of life and all the conversations that just happen naturally it's it's phenomenal wow wow so your role then um, at Romans 12 with these covenant groups, what, what will be your, your role? Yeah, primarily I want to I get the word out, which we've been doing, and, uh, and then uh, uh, identify folks who are willing and, and, and capable of leading the groups, uh, provide them the training, which will be the, the experience with some of the guidance and that, and then uh, just help facilitate those groups actually forming and getting started. And my, my hope is literally in time, it may take several years, of course, but to have literally hundreds and hundreds of, of pastors uh, in covenant groups. And I think that will change the church here in Tucson. And uh, and God willing, it could, could expand uh, up north to Phoenix or not, and beyond. Who knows? And beyond. Yeah. No, I, I love that. Well, it is just so cool to see God's hand on you as you've you ministered for, you know, what, 30 years in the ministry, wasn't it? 45. 30? Well, okay, I'm close. <laughs> uh, we're grading on a curve here. I'm um, old. Yeah, and so this is, in many ways, all those experiences for you, the good, the bad, the ugly, the leadership and all that culminates in this, this new season of life as you're mm-hmm. able to pour into these type of groups and facilitate I just, I just am so excited for you. Thank you. And so, thank you for being on board with us. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited too. God is, uh, God's made this very clear, 
and uh, and and is blessing it. We're already seeing it, and uh, we've already got uh, some folks that want to lead groups that we're going to get started training. So we're, the movement is beginning. So is prime rib at all on the menu for the retreats at all? Uh, we do steak and chicken often, yes. Okay, well, I might have to sign up. <laughs> so if uh, I'm a listener and I'm saying I'd like to actually kind of know more about this, how can they get a hold of you? Um, probably the easiest way is through Romans 12. Okay. And uh, would be glad to follow up with uh, with anyone who's interested in understanding the model better or can want to be a leader or be a participant. Mm-hmm. Well, and I will give you that information at the end of the podcast. But um, Glenn, God bless you. Thank you. Thank Great. you. Thank you for Romans 12 and all that you do to uh, support leaders and pastors. And that, of course, helps the church. And the church is core to seeing God's kingdom come and his will be done in Tucson as it is in heaven. Amen. God's doing something special. May it be so. All right. Thank you. For those of you that are interested in signing up for a covenant group or are interested in more information, please give us a call at Romans 12 Ministries. It's 520-982-5877, or you can check us out online at www.romans12ministries.org. Thank you for joining us today at another episode of Relate, Refresh, and Restore, a podcast sponsored by Romans 12 Ministries. For more information on Romans 12 Ministries, visit us at romans12ministries.org or give us a call at 520-982-5877. May we all continue to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer.